Hello, and welcome to the Post Chapel Podcast here at Kentucky Wesleyan College. Um, We're happy that you're tuning in with us, and we have actually finally reached the very end of our semester, which means our last Post Chapel Podcast of the year, which is crazy. Um, And it's gone by so fast, and we've gone over um, all of the pillars of the Wesleyan way, and we've landed finally on our last one of love. And I'm so happy to be here today with Anna, Aubrey, Sean, and then we're going to go in reverse order. My name is Sean Toms, and I serve here at Kentucky Wesleyan College, um, at working with Mission Culture and Campus Ministries. And Aubrey's last name is Rivera. And what do you do? I work with the worship team for Campus Ministries, and I'm a senior zoology student at Kentucky Wesleyan College. Perfect. And Anna's last name is Crasher, and I am the director of Campus Ministries here at Kentucky Wesleyan College. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm Maddie, by the way, and I'm happy to be here. And, and I, Maddie's last name And my is? last name is Atherton, and I <laughs> work alongside Anna and Sean um, with Campus Ministries doing creative and communication art. Um, super cool. And we get to do this podcast every week, which has been really fun. Um, and so thinking about yesterday, um, yesterday was Thursday. I'm thinking of Wednesday, whenever we had our chapel service. Um, our question for our title was, who is our first love? And we kind of wrapped it all up with that because it's the one thing that kind of we really need to get right. Like, who is our first love? And, yes. like, have you found that first love? Have you lost that love? Um, and what that really means. Um, and putting it in perspective of love, we know love because of God, because he first loved us. And so that is our first love um, and what that looks like. We know that... Um that God is love and that at the root of who we're supposed to be and who God is and that as Christians, people will know us by the way that we love others. Like love, love is the greatest of these and uh, it's, it's key to everything. And God, God came to earth to, um, to save us from our sin because he loved us so much. And uh, if that's God's nature and then we, we take on God's nature, um, then love, love is the most important thing. So of our, of our tenets, our pillars of the Wesleyan Way here at Kentucky Wesleyan College, um, lo- love is, is not the last one, but the most important one. And, you know, honor um, God, God honored us and respected us. Uh, we, we are supposed to honor and respect others and, and that's just not people, but everything that we do. And then, um, you know, the, the other tenets of support and integrity, like if God, we serve a God of integrity, God's always the same. Um, and he, he does what he says he's going to do and uh, always has, he's faithful. And so, um, you know, just those aspects of honor, uh, supporting one another, being people of integrity and, and people that love each other. Um, to me, those, those, those tenets of the Wesleyan way are all found in scripture and they're all rooted in foundational principles of what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, to be a disciple maker. Um, if, if you don't love, then Jesus said, you can't be my disciple. And so, um, we, We've gone through all of those things because it's one thing to say that you're a place and this is the, the way that you are. And then it's another thing to actually be that. And that is what the essence of integrity is 
um, is doing what you say you're going to do, being who you say you are, being the same always uh, in every circumstance and situation. And all of these things are difficult. Uh, honoring those who we feel like don't deserve to be honored and respected because they didn't honor and respect us, that's not what God said. You know, um, well, it's it's hard to be supportive of people when you don't necessarily agree with everything that they are doing or saying or believe in. But it's not that we 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 can support in so many ways without condoning something. So it's, sometimes it's hard to support um, depending on our circumstances and our attitudes and other people's and then being a person of an in, person of integrity in a world that doesn't show any integrity, um, is, is difficult. Well, just be whoever you need to be to get whatever you want, whenever you want. Uh, that's, that's not who it's supposed to be. And a lot of reasons why people have had bad experiences with, with, religion or church or spirituality in some shape or form or fashion is because there's been someone who hasn't been a person of integrity in who they say they are. And that's, that's difficult. And, but at the, at the foremost of all of this is if you can tap into the true resource, the true source of love, uh, God is love. And when you have a solid, personal, loving relationship with God, then everything else flows out from that. Mm-hmm. But it has to, it's a, it's a, it's a first place kind of love. Uh, it can't be a second, third, fourth, or fifth place kind of love. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of not only this love series, but the entirety of it is we were very intentional about doing a part three for each word whereas part one was the defining aspect. And I think that's so important because we can immediately jump into like wanting to fix a situation, but not understanding all that entails it. So it was very important that we defined each word first. And then part two was the application to those around us um, from like a worldly sense. Um, and I mean, we, we saw that last week where our Thanksgiving chapel was on part two of love and it was how do we love thy neighbor Um, and then part three is really honing in on our relationship with God and internalizing it for ourselves, and just really looking at it as an action piece of okay I'm going to wake up today and how do I take all of these lessons from each word um, and everything that God has taught me in the Bible and and really live that out today so I think that was really important that we didn't just spend like one week on each word, but we actually split it up into three parts where we were intentional about defining it properly. Yeah. Biblical context, mm-hmm. what does scripture say? And then application in our lives, you know, the practical piece of that. And then how does that apply to me? Right. You know, the personal application, um, because unless we start, unless we, unless it happens within us, you know, I was talking to someone this morning about, you know, you can't give someone something you don't have. And so, um, I can't, I can't show you or tell you or share with you the love of Jesus unless I first have that and experience it because it'll be counterfeit. It'll be false. Thinking about just like, I'm very thankful for the way that we, like you said, didn't just focus on it for one week, 
um, because it's like flying by because this stuff matters, like the words that we went over and covered. Um, and I think we can sometimes get it wrong what they actually mean. And so having the opportunity to see it in three different lights, um, I think really like did justice for the words and what they mean. And so like the last part, like how can you apply that with your relationship, like with the father, like in general. Um, and I think seeing, um, in scripture is always like the best place to go to, um, second to just talking to him, but also seeing like Anna and I were talking about because people, it can be hard and we have struggles whenever our relationship with the Lord doesn't look right. Cause all of the distractions and everything that the world has to offer, um, that pulls our attention versus what we should be running to. Um, and we read in revelation and it's, um, God speaking to the people in Ephesus mm -hmm. and kind of calling them out. And Absolutely. he's such a good God in the sense that he is, he loves us so much that he's not afraid to point out whenever we, do something wrong. And you think about a, an important person in your life. Like if they truly genuinely love you, they're not going to let you keep walking in something mm -hmm. that's not good for you. Cause they're going to want to call you out because of the love that they have for you. And so just seeing that reflected, um, in revelation two, and I'll go ahead and read it. Um, so we can get an idea for what it's saying. So it says, I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but I've tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. And so he's saying that I see that you're doing all of these good things. You've been enduring. You've been patient. You've been going through all these trials and tribulations, and I see that. But wait a second, you forgot this love. So it's like, how many times can we say that we are going through something, we're enduring it, we're doing all this good stuff, but then the root of it is lost in it. And I just think that it's like, you don't really expect it because he's saying, I see you're doing this, this and this. And then he says, oh, but wait, your why and your root of everything that you've been doing, mm -hmm. you've lost it along the way. And it's like saying, because Ann and I were saying how, it can be easy for, in today's society, things to be distracting us and almost like drifting us away from certain things. But there were things back then that also drifted those people away. Mm -hmm. And so it's a common issue, but it's like finding that and realizing that if you have lost it, finding your way back to it. Um, because losing that love, like that's, you're patiently enduring, but you're doing it without his love rooted in it. So you can be doing all of that. And that's just, it's scary. If I, like, if I were to describe it in a word, it would be probably scary because it's like how many times, and you had said, and I really liked how you ended it. You said um, doing work for God, but failing to build our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like, whoa, because like we can be doing and doing and doing, but if we're just doing it to do it and not ever actually like, building our relationship just like how you said like you can only give something away if you have it yourself to give yeah and part of what you're alluding to was um, mentioned and this was this was intentional uh, God was intentional about mentioning this in chapel because 
you know, we are now, we've experienced the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is that time to prepare our hearts and, and our lives and our minds and everything to remind us, like, what Messiah is coming. And, like, Advent is to help prepare to remember why, why we have this time and why it's so important. And so, you know, this whole thing about remembering your first love, and this is, this is what I... This is what I said, uh, or God said. If we are not intentional and prepared, we can find ourselves consumed and successful, mm. busy and successful with doing work for the Lord. Mm. Like we're doing this for you, God, but I am so busy, I don't have time for you, God. And if you do, if your doing keeps you from being, then that's a danger zone because. We can be successful and consumed with doing for the Lord, but failing to develop our relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is our first love. It's the Lord is our why. And so that like what you're talking about, that root, everything is about your why. Why are you doing that? Well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You know, little kids drive us nuts when they go, Well, I need you to go do this. Why? Because I do this. Well, why? And those are great questions. They get frustrating because it's just easier to do, but purposeful and intentional and prepared is asking why. And the why is he first loved us. Um, I love that example where you said he, he set that example of he first loved us. Cause I, I think we can get so frustrated I mean, we're on a college campus right now. We can get so frustrated with the younger generation. That's, you know, the label that they're often given. Um, because, like you said, Sean, of young children asking questions like, well, why do I have to do this? And oftentimes parents, you know, obviously it's being, it's very difficult parenting. Because I said <laughs> and so. And that's the common <laughs> phrase that parents lean on because it's like, how do I explain to my four-year-old to not, you know, put their hand on the hot stove, you know? And I'm like, well, it's hot. And they're like, well, I want to anyway. So what do I say in response to that? Well, because I said so, because I don't want to have to take you to the ER, you know, because you wanted to do it anyway. But so often I feel like we forget where we were at before we had the knowledge that we have now. And I mean, we will do the same thing in 10, 20 years where we won't give ourselves grace or we won't give a younger generation grace in the present because we say, well, they should know better. And then I'm like, well, did you know better? You know? (laughs) And I, I had I had that thought process Wednesday when I helped lead worship for a student ministry, and it was a blast, you know, like I had a full student band, one on bass, guitar, drums, and um, a couple vocalists, and they were around 15, 16 years of age, and, you know, led three songs with them, and then went on my way, and as I was walking out, like, Yes, I was thanked and everything, but the response I got was like, oh, you survived. Like, how, how was it? Was it okay for you? You know, and I'm like, why should I expect a 16 and 15 year old to like play as good as somebody who has 20 years of experience under their belt? Or why should I expect them to have the maturity of a 35 year old, you know? 
I'm sure is it maybe sometimes annoying that that somebody that is not knowledgeable or mature enough that they don't listen sometimes, but it's our job to come alongside them with grace and with love, just like God did for us so many times, you know, over the years. And we see it here. He's not solely condemning them in that scripture that that Maddie just read. He's saying, hey, I see that you're enduring. I see that you're sharing my name and like, that's great, but I'm here to give you a little what what is the thing in bowling the bumper, yeah the the, the yeah. bumper guard. Yeah. Um, he's like I'm here to nudge you, you know, steer you back on the right path. Um, because he is a just God at the end of the day, but he's also a loving God, and it's saying like, hey, you know, props for what for these areas, but we need to work on these other areas because I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that you can do all these works. And complete all these tasks, but completely lose the fact that it's all about relationship at the end of the day, both relationship with him, but also with other people. And if we lose that and we're solely task oriented, then we've completely lost the point that love is the most important thing that we can do. A lot of the stuff that you guys said, especially like talking about how important it is to return to the roots of why we choose to love God as he chooses to love us because you brought up revelations too and i'm going to continue where you left off real quick he says yet i hold this against you you have lost the love you had at first but he continues to say realize how far you have fallen repent and do the works you did at first Mm -hmm. so sometimes when i'm like losing touch i get so distracted trying to like call out what i think should be done for people trying to be in their faith and be active in it, that sometimes I lose sight of myself. This is something I struggle with, and I know a lot of people do as well, and I forget how to get back to that root, and the scripture is just so perfect because he tells you, Mm -hmm. plain and simple. It's like how we talked about parents telling their kid, because I said so, just believe me, listen. Mm -hmm. But he gives you a straightforward answer. You've lost the love you had at first. I'm like, wow, that's like... I shouldn't need any more motivation than that to Mm -hmm. get right with God again, because, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. the happiness that I felt when I first like made that connection growing up and getting back into my faith is unparalleled to anything else. Like that should be my only motivation necessary Mm -hmm. to get back to where I was with God and to be able to love others because there was no greater feeling than just that, Mm -hmm. that nature of love and of giving. So to return to the roots, like go back to what I was doing then at that point in time where I felt the closest, that's like probably the best starting point that I could think of is what was I doing then that I am no longer doing now. I need to return to that point and that mindset and do whatever I have to do to get back to that. That's really good. Read, read after he said you ha- we, you have lost your first love. Continue to read right there where you did, where you continued. Realize how far you have fallen. Repent. Do the works you did at first. There you go. Mm-hmm. Repent and do the works that you did at first. If if everyone can remember their salvation experience or that point where you realized, you know, uh, you know that age of accountability where you go, oh my gosh, I I am sinful and stand in need of a savior. When you begin to own it and you realize Jesus died for me. 
and then you feel that love that comes from giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And at that point, you you are you are be, you become a new creation in Christ, and the old passes away. And mm-hmm. like you you talk to people and you hear them say, "I don't know, I just felt like I was a brand new person. I just felt like all of this weight had been lifted off of me. I felt I felt like no, nothing could discourage me, and I had all of this joy. And like he's saying, go back there repent and then you'll find that same love that you found Mm -hmm. at first you'll find that again and the why is because i loved you so much that i was willing to come and die for you that's christmas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was willing to come here take on flesh live endure experience all that you are experiencing but yet completely giving you an example of how to do it without sinning and then because I've not sinned, I'm going to be the sacrifice for all that you have done wrong. And then willingly lay down your life. He, no one took Jesus' life. He, he gave it away for us. And then in, in that love, we have this amazing opportunity. That's God's grace. And Paul says, your grace is sufficient. So regardless of what we've experienced, will experience, what we endure, what we won't endure, like the bottom line is the root or the why is your grace, your love is enough. And if we start every day from that standpoint, changes things one of the and i'll i'll stop after this i kind of got rolling there for a minute (laughs) like one of the things in scripture that like gives me this fear of god the fear of the lord i'm i'm like whoa that's super heavy Mm -hmm. is when scripture tells us that you stand before god and say i've done all of these things in your way in your name just like what, what we're talking about And Jesus said, depart from me. I don't know who you are. Mm. You did all of these things, but they weren't for me. That's, I mean, that's, that cautions me that you can't go on actions alone. Mm -hmm. But out of, out of the love that God has, out of his grace and mercy, then when you, I can't, because you love me, I can't help but go love others. And that is a doing action faith. But if it's just action and faith in the doing, then in the relationship is not there. The first love is not the root and the why you're doing that. It doesn't count. Mm -hmm. And I think the why behind it is so important. Because I think us as humans, we can so easily fall into the the trap of adding more to our plates. Um, but and that's not always bad at the end of the day. Because if we're doing it with God's guidance, you know. But I feel like oftentimes we add more from a control nature, and even a, a fear nature of not fully trusting God. And the promises that he has given us of, hey, I do love you. I will sustain you. I will protect you. That won't always look like what we want it to look like. So because of that, it's I'm scared of the unknown. So I'm going to hold on tight to all these things when in reality, we're not controlling them at the end of the day anyway. So it's like God saying, hey, I need you to go back to what I called you to do originally. And that was trust me and, and love and, and not 
worry about all these extra things. And we look even back at the garden of Adam and Eve, you know, he supplied everything for them. And he said, you, you don't have to want for anything. I'm going to supply you, apply your food, a place to stay, like all of this. Um, and yet they searched for more, um, and that, that was ultimately the fall, um, I think, in, in Genesis 2. So it's it's very human nature, I feel like, to control out of fear. But God is saying, hey, let me be in control and don't fear for anything because you, you shouldn't have to. Because if we look at it from not a worldly sense but an eternity sense of, hey, if you have surrendered to me, then you shouldn't be afraid of death. You shouldn't be afraid of pain here on earth, but that's understandable because you're human. Um, But he's saying, look at the bigger picture of eternity and what I have promised you in the end. And then you can truly let go of that control and that fear that has festered. And you can go back to what I have originally called you. It's just incredible to me, the loving kindness to know that someone knows you more than you know yourself and like knows everything about you. And I guess you can view that as how you would want to, but that is true. And he knows us better than anyone else. Um, And so I'm so happy that you brought that up, Aubrey, like the end of that verse, because that's also like so important. And I love the realization of it, the repentance and the return. So realize, repent, return. And it's like, returning back to almost square one. Like whenever, if you're like, I'm an artist, so if I do something and I try something new with a material or median and whatever, and it doesn't work out, you have to go back to square one. And so it's like, he's kind enough to come in and like Anna said, be like the little bowling alley bumpers. Um, Because he realizes what you're doing, but he also wants you to realize And he wants you to repent and return back to square one and to go back to the time whenever you felt you felt that love and you found it. Just like Aubrey was saying, like, we know that feeling and that joy that comes with anything new whenever you have it first off. It's like, oh, my gosh, I want to do this as much as I can every day of my life. Like, this is so good. And then life sometimes gets in the way and then you lose sight of that joy that you have found but it's like it's like a fire like you want to always be on fire for the lord but sometimes your fire it's always going to be there though Mm -hmm. you just got to tend to it so it's like you never lose that because he's always dwelling in you but he just wants you to realize that so you can be keen enough to know when you need to tend to your fire to keep it burning yeah i mean you you find that in probably the most you know, one of the most popular passages of scripture regarding the prodigal son, all of a sudden the prodigal son realizes, oh, I'm, I'm eating with the pigs. Mm. There, like we all have to come to that point of realization where we go, oh my gosh, like what am I doing? And then you repent and you return. Mm. And so we all have to, that's the importance of spiritual disciplines, you know, being 
being self-controlled in that I, I have to, my first love has to be first priority because if you're, if that's first priority, then you're spending time in scripture, you're, you're worshiping, you're praying, you're doing these spiritual discipline things and you're surrounding yourself usually with a community of people who are like-minded. And so they, God can use them sometimes to help you realize I'm off. But when you do go at things alone mm-hmm. and you, you don't read the word, then God can't speak to you through the word because you're not reading it. You're not talking to God, so he can't talk to you back. Sometimes you're talking to him, but then you're not listening. So he can't tell you to help you realize. And then you don't have others that you're surrounding yourself with, either in a local church or a small group, that are helping you be accountable. So you're taking away with choices, all of these opportunities for God to help you realize, hey, I'm not your first love anymore. You need to repent and return to me. And then there you're going to find everything that you need. Mm -hmm. It's just so easy in our culture that is so fast. You know, if the devil can't get you, he'll make you busy. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, so... Being, being, having a full plate of things to do every day is what God gives you. We should be doing, and we have a ministry to do, but busy and distracted with things in the name of Jesus is un, like, that's not acceptable. Mm. And uh, it means more often than not, we need to realize that, like the, like the followers, the believers at Ephesus, repent and return. Um, I, unfortunately I find myself there way too often because I love the doing it's, it feels me, it feels good to serve others, but it feels the best when it's done from the right root, the right why from your first love. Mm-hmm. I just loved those that like, that just puts everything in perspective. And just as far as like your heart posture goes and everything, like making sure it's in alignment because I can't remember where it's found, but you know, like the sheep know his voice. Absolutely. Like his sheep know his voice. So slowing down so you can hear his voice. Cause like you said, we can talk to him all the time, but you, if you have selective hearing, you're going to be turning, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I'm sorry. I didn't, I wasn't listening. What did you say? <laughs> right. You know, I yeah. was distracted by something. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, Mary and Martha, you know, Martha wasn't doing anything wrong. I mean, at the time, that's what she was supposed to be doing. Mm. But Jesus said, no, I mean, that's great. But, but Mary's choosing what's best mm-hmm. right now. And I could, when you mentioned that, I was like sitting there, I was like, okay, God, like I can relate to that. Cause I so often find myself in the situation of, oh yeah, I know how to do that so I can fix that or I can fill in here or there. And I think it was a couple weeks ago I was watching um, like a podcast or something and they had said uh, something to the extent of like regular volunteers and dependable volunteers are great, but what if at the end of the day they're the issue of why the church like big C Mm -hmm. is not growing because if something fails, 
and they're, you know, this select few, you know, 10%, if you will, are the ones that we're calling and they're ultimately the ones that always say yes, then that 10% is going to grow and, you know, and die. And then where's that 10% going to go? Like, and it's our job to, to raise up the, the next and again, to let go of that control, to let go of just putting things on our plate, just to say that our day is full and, and we've achieved something. And I, that really hit me because I was like, oh gosh, like if we never show someone else how, and that could be anything, that could be how to love, how to communicate well, how to, you know, operate a printer, how it could be anything. But if we never show someone else how and hand off, you know, I think that's so important. God calls us absolutely but he calls us for such a time and that time does not equal forever and he calls us for a journey but again that journey is for a season so if we said yes to that season that's awesome but we also have to say yes to the next season and while we're in the current season that we're in we have to say yes to training up ultimately someone to replace us someone to replace us in our tasks that seem min- like meaningless, but also our tasks of loving other people. Because if you're in a position of, okay, I'm, I'm at this job at this time, and all you're broadcasting is that you're a great employee or, or you know a great student, but that you're not ultimately showing someone else how to do what you're doing, then when you leave, it's going to be an empty seat or it's going to be empty shoes. So it's like, and I'm not saying that, oh, we should start saying no to things, you know, not necessarily, but we should start saying yes to the right things. Um, And I think that goes back to really, you know, this entire podcast of, you know, God has called us to go back to the simplicity of his original love for us. So if we just listen to him at the end of the day, then it would be so much easier on us, but we get tangled in the weeds and we complicate things so quickly where we're like, Oh no, I have to do this or I have to do this. But we really don't at the end of the day. You love God and then you love people. And it's important to do both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause like Anna was saying, like training them up to not only take, hypothetically your place but their own place as they grow and they learn you have to be that example for them because in revelations he doesn't just call you out for forgetting your first love he still praises them for calling out others and for trying to help and guide them absolutely so it's important to keep both in mind that's hard to do for some yeah. people for a lot yeah. of people you know and like again a great example of how to lead and how to shepherd is hey i see what you're doing and there's a lot of good there, but you can't forget what's most important. Like I see you and you to be committed to that, but like we can, we never can forget our why. And then we never can forget that, hey, giving people praise, encouraging people. We're supposed to be disciple makers. Mm. And disciple makers means you have to invest in another person. And Jesus didn't take everyone. He took 12 and he invested in them and then he handed off. And then here we sit now. And someone, many, 
have invested in us. And it's mm-hmm. our job to never forget our first love, never forget our why, because it is out of that root, that source, that we go and make the kind of disciples that Jesus has called us to make. Because his love is transformational. To be a transformational disciple, you have to work from transformational love and no other source. Um, and you talk about your life's posture, your heart's posture, and everything that you do. That posture is determined by sitting squarely on the foundation of first love. Uh, if you get that right, you're going to get a lot of other things right. Our prayer is that um, you gathered something from this podcast and that you gathered it because it came from the Lord and it was laid on your heart for a reason. Um, and don't abandon the love that we have been given at first. And it's okay because life happens, but you can always return back to that love. Um, and that's something that we always need to remember. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening um, this year with our podcast. And we will catch you next year. <laughs> next year in January. Um, but Aubrey, I know it's 2023 crazy wow (laughs) getting older um but yes Aubrey is going to close us out in prayer Lord I just want to thank you for the opportunity to grow closer to the people in campus ministries on campus and just in our lives this year our chance to love others and love you through them has been incredible especially coming back into normal after a pandemic everybody can be close together and reunited again and it's hard to find our feet sometimes but if we can just remember what first brought us to choose you and to love you, then that's all we're going to need in life. So Lord, stay with us, guide us, be patient with us because we're going to choose to love others. We're going to choose to love you with your help. Amen.